Good morning, friends and faithful listeners, and Merry Christmas. And the reason I say good morning is because it's midnight here where I'm airing this episode. It is very, very early in the morning. So tell me what you guys are doing right now. Tell me if you listened to this podcast when it aired at midnight on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, I guess. Tell me what you were doing when you sat down to listen to this episode. Are you sitting next to a fireplace? Are you like super Christmassy right now? Do you have your candles lit? Do you have your bathrobe on? Like, what are you doing? Right now, I am sitting in front of my computer. looking at the computer screen. Now, me personally, I am not doing anything special right now, though I have a tiny little tree that uh, my sister got me. And it's like one of those old ceramic trees where you have to like put the lights in. It's about four inches high and my sister got it for me because I really like these little ceramic trees. So I got that lit. But other than that, I am not extra Christmassy right now. Basically what I'm doing is uh, (laughs) sitting here in front of my computer and As a matter of fact, I do have a cup of coffee in my hand right now. I do. And you're probably asking, like, Jen, how can you be drinking coffee this late at night? And to that I say, well, maybe I'm not recording this podcast at night. Which I'm not. (laughs) But we're going to talk about the Trinity. You might be asking, like, how can this be related to Christmas? But it totally is. The Trinity is very much related to Christmas. And I'm going to express to you why pretty soon here. Actually, I'm going to be jumping around in scripture quite a lot today, but I would like to look at Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 today, and these are the classic, the classic Christmas verses, and you guys might even know them by heart. So make sure to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7. I'm going to be reading actually out of the NIV version today, which is rare for me, but let's go ahead and jump right into today's candlelit Christmas podcast episode by reading Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, and also make sure to grab that cup of hot cocoa and just sit back and relax as we discuss the Trinity together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Beautiful, beautiful passages and ones we see all the time at Christmas, right? I mean, for us, a child is born. I just love that. I mean, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. So to you and me, a son has been given to us. And the government will be on his shoulders. And that's a pretty obvious statement, right? The government's going to be on his shoulders. He's going to, he's going to rule. He's going to be the government because it goes on in verse 7 to say, the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He's going to reign forever on David's throne. So yeah, he's going to reign supreme forever. But the thing I really, really want to talk about today and really get into is this next portion of Isaiah 6, which says he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. So at the beginning of all this, we have established that the child is born to us, a son is given to us. And we know for sure that this verse is talking specifically about Jesus Christ, right? Because he is the son that has been given to us. He is the child that was born, whereas on Christmas Day, we celebrate his birthday. Even though he may not have been born on December 25th, that doesn't matter. 
We celebrate his birthday on Christmas Day. So we've established that Jesus is being talked about here. So here's the question. If this is Jesus that this verse is talking about, how can he be called everlasting father? I think this verse right here, this one that is so widely quoted, is one of the best verses describing the Trinity ever. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. Who do we think of as the Counselor, the Wonderful Counselor? We think of the Holy Spirit. He is called the Counselor. He is called the Advocate. In John chapter 14, verse 16, here's what this verse says. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another Counselor to be with you forever. This was Jesus talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit, about how Jesus was going to ascend up into heaven. And after that happens, the counselor would come. There's an old hymn I remember that was something like, the counselor has come, the counselor has come, the holy one of heaven. I, I can't remember the words, but <laughs> it's talking about the, the spirit. And so Jesus is saying another counselor is going to come, which means that he puts himself on the same level as the Holy Spirit because he uses the word another. You know, when we're talking about something that is on the same level with us, let's just say, uh, let's just say that you're a teacher and, you know, the kids are in the classroom and you have to leave on vacation or something. You tell those kids another teacher is going to come and teach you guys. You guys both have the same status. You are both teachers. You both teach children for a living. You're equating yourself with that other teacher because you guys are, in a sense, the same in a way. You might be different people. You might have different teaching styles, but you're both teachers. This is exactly what Jesus is doing here. I'm going, he's going to give you another counselor to be with you forever. So in other words, Jesus is saying, me and the Holy Spirit are on the same level. We're both counselors, because Jesus is in fact a counselor, but another counselor is going to come. So that's the interesting thing about this, is that Isaiah chapter 9 says that Jesus' name is going to be Wonderful Counselor. So in other words, him and the Holy Spirit are one. And Isaiah 9 points this out pretty clearly. The second one, Mighty God. Jesus is God. <laughs> And I mean, there's so many different phrases in scripture where Jesus does equate himself as God. And you'll hear the lie often that non-Christians like to make that says, well, Jesus never specifically said that he was God. But as a matter of fact, he did. And I'm going to bring you to that verse right here. It says in John chapter 8, verses 56 through 59, Jesus was talking to all of these people from his hometown. And he was with them. He was in the temple. He was teaching and everything. His fellow countrymen were getting quite upset at Jesus <laughs> because uh, Jesus was saying some pretty controversial things about himself. So Jesus responds, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and he was glad. So then they respond to him. They're like, you're not 50 years old yet, and you're claiming to have seen Abraham. That's what they say. So Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Okay, just, just wait for this. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. 
before Abraham was born, I am. He is claiming himself to be God. Because the word I am is correlating directly to the title that God gave himself in Exodus chapter 3, when he was talking to Moses in the burning bush. God was in the burning bush speaking to Moses, and he told Moses, I am who I am. Jesus is putting himself on the same level as Yahweh. And Yahweh means the I am, the great I am. At least that's that's what most people believe the word Yahweh means. So Yahweh himself claimed to be the I am. And Jesus here in John chapter 8 claims to be the I am. And I think he actually did that in Luke as well. Because I remember talking about this in the book of Luke. That Jesus put himself on the same level as God the Father, as Yahweh. So there we go. Here, There's another correlation of how Jesus is going to be called Mighty God. And we think of Yahweh as Mighty God. He is God, right? Jesus is equating himself with Yahweh God. So now we see that Jesus equated himself with the Holy Spirit and with his Father. Now going back to Isaiah chapter 9, it says, He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. There's another verse in John, John chapter 10, verse 30, where Jesus says, I and the Father are one. And there's a, the New Living Translation says, the Father and I are one. So one. Jesus and the Father are the same. Jesus can, in fact, be called everlasting Father. Isaiah chapter 9 is not lying here because Isaiah 9 is talking about the Trinity, though it makes up three separate uh, entities, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all one. They're all the same. They're all God. And honestly, I don't really know how it works completely. I don't think any single one of us here on earth ever can truly understand how the Trinity works. But I know one thing. There's so many scripture verses that say that Jesus is part of the Trinity. There's so many verses that talk about the different elements of the Trinity and how they are all the same God. So some cultures believe that Christians actually worship three different gods. But the fact of the matter is, they're all one God with different separate entities. And people have, uh, and I, <laughs> I actually really like this analogy and people don't like it for some reason. I've heard a lot of pushback about this specific analogy, but I think it's great where, you know, it's similar to like an egg. <laughs> you guys are probably rolling your eyes at this point, but I think it's great. You know, there's the shell, there's the egg white, and then there's the egg yolk and it's all an egg. Like we wouldn't consider any part of that, like not an egg, right? But they're all different parts of the egg. But I mean, I don't know. I know that God is not an egg. So <laughs> people get a little offended about that particular analogy. But another one I could I could really think of is like the the three-leaf clover. You know, we see clovers all the time outside. And each facet of the Trinity almost represents, in a sense, the clover, because they're all coming from the same place, the stem. I, I don't know. There's just different, there's a lot of different analogies you can think about regarding the Trinity. But the point is is the fact that Jesus is part of the Trinity. Jesus is, in fact, God. And maybe that's a better way to have described today's podcast episode, more that Jesus is, in fact, part of the Trinity. He is, in fact, God, 
Because unfortunately, so many Christians today don't actually believe that about Jesus. They kind of just think that he was a good person, a great prophet, somebody that Christians should emulate as somebody so loving and caring and everything else. But the fact of the matter is, if Jesus is more than that, if more, if Jesus is more than just a great person or a great prophet, and he is in fact God, then that holds a lot more weight. When we look at the words and actions that Jesus did when he came down to earth as God in human flesh, that holds a lot more weight than if just a great man was born and died on the cross. And even if you believe he was raised again or whatever, it holds so much more weight to believe that Jesus is in fact God. When you look at what he did, when you look at his lifestyle, when you look at how Jesus said, turn away from your sin, because people always want to forget those those verses about how Jesus continued on with, uh, you know, John the Baptist's ministry saying, turn from your evil ways. But Jesus is in fact loving. And part of being loving is to tell people to turn away from their sin because sin is not good. Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from Jesus. So obviously we need to turn from our sins. And if we see Jesus in his lifestyle doing these things as God in human flesh, then that holds so much more weight than if he is just some, you know, prophet that was great or whatever. And the fact of the matter is there's too much evidence in scripture. If you look at the whole Bible, it's very clear based upon biblical text that Jesus is in fact God. Just because of verses like Isaiah chapter 9, that Jesus is going to be called mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. And prince of peace refers directly to Jesus. Jesus is the prince of peace, but he is also wonderful counselor. He is also mighty God. He is also everlasting father. Now, the last point I wanted to make is that the Trinity is evident all throughout scripture completely. From the very beginning of time, the Trinity is present. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. John right here is talking about Jesus. The Word is Jesus. Because when you go further into that chapter of John chapter 1, you see that John was referring to Jesus because he says the word became human flesh and dwelt among us. So John is specifically calling Jesus the word. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. Jesus was there at creation making things. Jesus made you. Jesus made me. Here's another evidence of this. Colossians 1, verses 16 and 17. For by him, Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities and powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things consist. There, there's another evidence right there that Jesus was there at the beginning of time creating things he created everything, it says. All things were created through him. And obviously, God the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit were all together communicating about how they're going to create these things. Then if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, it actually says the Spirit of God was moving across the face of the waters. There's another evidence of the Trinity 
right from the beginning of time. The Spirit of God was there looking around. (laughs) And then later on, when God goes to create man, he says, let us create man in our image. This means that there is more than just God the Father. This means that there is a trinity happening and God the Father is referring to this trinity. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. So from the very beginning of time, the trinity existed. Jesus was part of that trinity. No one created Jesus, by the way. It says right here in John chapter 1 that he was at the beginning. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So, I mean, so much evidence of the Trinity. We can't really possibly fathom what the Trinity really is, but we just have to have faith that Jesus is, in fact, part of that Trinity and that the Trinity itself exists. Now, one last point. (laughs) I want to mention one other thing about the Trinity, and this is about the Holy Spirit specifically. I used to kind of believe that the Holy Spirit was just like God zapping his power out at people. Like that's what the Holy Spirit is. Like God the Father just like going like, here's some of my Holy Spirit. (laughs) Uh, And I'm laughing. Don't take offense to me laughing because I know that there are plenty of people who, who do believe that to this day. And I'm not laughing at you guys. It's just... I, I, I truly used to believe that. But when I read Francis Chan's book, Forgotten God, which is all about the Holy Spirit, that, that book was awesome. It really changed my perspective completely on the Holy Spirit and who he is. And one of the points that Francis Chan made in that book <clears throat> was the fact that the Holy Spirit is a, is a person. He's a person. And this was really confirmed to me when I read Hebrews chapter 3. And here's what it says, verses 7 through 11. So as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray. They have not known my ways. So I declared on oath In my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So the Holy Spirit right here is speaking. How can something that is just like zappy power, how could that speak? The Holy Spirit is a person. He is not an it. He is a he. And right here, the Holy Spirit is speaking, saying that he was angry with the Israelites in the wilderness I mean, we've been talking about this all in the Old Testament. If you guys have been tuning into my Old Testament episodes, we've been talking all about the Israelites' rebellion in the wilderness and how the Holy Spirit himself was angry with the Israelites. And I used to call the Holy Spirit it all the time and maybe still do. I don't know if I did on this podcast episode or not, but I'm trying to get out of that habit because that's kind of how I believed who the Holy Spirit was. I believed he was an it like I said before, the the zappy power coming out of God the Father. But he's not. He is an entity. He is a person all on his own who is part of the Trinity. Now, to me, the Holy Spirit is the most confusing of the Trinity. Uh, I, I don't understand the Holy Spirit and how he works in a lot of cases. But I do know that the Holy Spirit is here with us as Christians. 
we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And he is helping us. He is giving us a voice to be able to talk to God the Father. He is interceding for us. He is praying in words that we can't understand because a lot of times we don't have the right words to pray to the Father. So the Holy Spirit is expressing those words that we pray to the Father in words and noises and and groanings that we can't understand, but that God the Father truly does understand. So yes, the Trinity exists. The Trinity is, is powerful. The Trinity is God. And God makes up three separate entities who are all the same. Don't ask me to explain it any more than that, because I can't. (laughs) And how does this relate to Christmas? Well, because when Jesus came down to earth as a baby, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, all three of them were working together to give you and I this beautiful gift of salvation. So the Trinity was present with us. God was present with us 2,000 years ago when Jesus came to earth as a baby. God in human flesh came to earth as a baby and gave us the gift of salvation. And that's another thing is that a lot of critics like to say, oh, you know, God sent his son to go die. No, no, no. This was a completely mutual thing where Jesus himself as God came to earth to die for us. This was not God the Father forcing Jesus to come down. Jesus made that choice. And all of them together as God have given us the gift of salvation. So let's celebrate that this Christmas day. And I really hope that you guys maybe learned something new about the Trinity. And even I, you know, doing all this research have learned some things about the Trinity. And I I loved this episode. This was a lot of fun for me. I loved doing this. If you learned anything from this podcast episode, please share it around to people who might need it. And stay tuned for the end because I'm singing a song for you guys, a very short song, but I had fun with it. (laughs) You're going to see why in a moment. I I was learning new things while I was uh, recording my voice. So I hope you guys like it, even though it's a little silly. But friends, don't forget, I'm taking a couple days off from the regular scheduled podcast. So I'll see you guys bright and early on Wednesday. Have a very Merry Christmas. Happy listening and God bless. Shall cease